redo this. We're gonna redo this. We're gonna redo this. They oh, know. I lost it. I looked over. I can't deal with this. Welcome to Fluent Grace, a podcast for students about speaking the gospel into the everyday, ordinary stuff of life. You've got questions, we've got answers. Or at least we will search the scriptures and see how the gospel of grace should inform a response to the questions you have. We love Jesus and we love students, and we hope students will grow to love Jesus more as they encounter Jesus' amazing love for them. Our music for the show is Felix Culpa by King's Kaleidoscope. What's happening, guys? We are back in here with episode number 22 Yo. of the Fluent Grace Podcast. What's happening, Tyler? Oh, nothing much. Just sitting in Tim's newly remodeled office. That's right. It is newly remodeled. It's fancy. Lots of room. Lots of a new desk from Amazon. Didn't know Amazon sold desk. Shout out, Amazon. Got a lot of crap in the floor, too. So He's got a bag in here. Looks like a Christmas tree bag. It's got a, I think it's got a body in it. <laughs> that may or may not be fake news. That is definitely fake news. Uh, I do have a bag, though, of the little... I don't really even know how to describe them. When you go to Walmart and you put your quarter in the machine and you get the little toys out, mm-hmm. I've got a bag of those little containers. I'm just impressed that y'all label your lighters. Even your lighters has a Grace Church <laughs> label on it. Y'all got some kleptopyromaniacs here at Grace Church. You know, I have never noticed that on there. I mean, that's intense when you label your, your that lighters. Is. That is. I have no idea why that's labeled like that. I'm just wondering why Tim's got a lighter in his office, people. Do we have a closet smoker in here? Grace, you might need to check your staff. We don't, but we have a candle in here, so oh, okay. you gotta you gotta light the candle, you know. Gotcha. Smelling I don't even know what that flavor is, but when you have a kid who is in diapers such as I do, mm. and when those said diapers get changed in your office oh, that's at disgusting. times which they do, you gotta have something that have you ever had one left overnight in here? Not in here. Oh, okay. No. But I don't know if I should make this confession. Depends on who's going to listen to this. I'm just going to confess anyway. Confession's good for the soul, right? That's right. Uh, so we did throw a diaper, though, in one of the large trash cans in this building. Oh. And it did get left overnight. <laughs> and that was the room that everybody was having Sunday school in. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> that is terrible. I don't think anybody ever knew it was us. That is not the smell of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> it was not. Uh, it got brought up in staff meeting, and... I, I didn't fess up to it, so. Wow. There you go. If anybody's listening to this right now on staff, would there I have will been stinky diapers pre sin? Think about that. Mm. Think about it. Well, that leads us into <laughs> the whole, like, where do stinky diapers come from? So, like, would there have been poop before yeah. sin? Would you need to digest and eliminate things that are not good for you? Oh. I'm going to go with no. So pre-sin, it smelt like roses. Always. Boom. Yeah. Which means that post-glorified life will be back to that state. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. No more diapers. No no more evacuating buses and rooms (laughs) because uh, you know. You know why. There you go. So. so if there is no other reason to look forward to eternity in heaven with Jesus, oh. 
No More Stinky Diapers is, at least on the list. It's not at the top of the list, but it's on there somewhere. That's funny, man. Yeah. So what are, we, what are we doing? What are we talking about? What are so, we talking about? We got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, Colin is not with us today. Uh, he is attending some family matters, so he should be back uh, next episode. So uh, me and Tyler are going to hold down the fort for him. Uh, we're going to do this to start things off. I'm going to uh, just read off some news headlines. These are real stories from real places, and I just want your original reaction to them. Okay. Okay. All right. So first story. Uh, this is related to some conversations we have had in the past about vegans and barbecue. Oh. <laughs> so here we go. Headline says, Vegan sues neighbors over smell of barbecued meat in their backyards. Oh, my gosh. Where was this? Was this in California, Pacific Northwest? This was actually not in the United States. Really? This Where was, was it? Australia. Australia. Shocking. Yep. So this lady sued her neighbors because they were barbecuing. I wonder if they were barbecuing great white shark. I'm just I'm just curious. What do they barbecue in Australia? Isn't Australia the place with like all the crazy poisonous animals? Uh, I think so. I mean, that sounds right. Yeah. There are shark attacks yeah. in Australia. And we that. digress off the original topic. That's right. <laughs> um, that is not shocking, though. Also, in this uh, in the lawsuit... She mentions that she doesn't like their cigarette smoke, which I could get behind. Yeah, I could get behind. That. I'm not going to sue somebody over it. You can but... keep your cancer on your side of the fence. That's right. But she didn't like the fact that they were bouncing basketballs in the backyard. Either. Oh, my so, goodness. no playing basketball and no barbecuing. Wow, I bet she's a fun individual to hang out she with. She is, man. I, somebody told me, and I didn't see this like in the news or anything, but somebody said that her neighbors got a hold of this lawsuit, and they all brought their barbecue grills to the edge of her property and lit them all up. Oh, wow, what a great gospel moment to love their neighbor. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I, I cannot... Uh... This is what Jesus would do. <laughs> he would like 50 barbecue grills just to see how bad he could tick you off. It is funny, though. Uh, I mean, it's it is funny. absolutely hilarious. It is funny. The, uh... the, the sin in me wants to be like, go for it! <laughs> yeah. See, how many uh, different... Parts of the pig you can put on that barbecue That's right. grill. That's right. We're going to dig a hole and just, we're going to do a whole pig back here. Yes. All right. Story number two. All right. Also, speaking of meat. Okay. And speaking of Popeyes, right? Oh. We have I, I kind of like Popeyes. Yeah. I'll give it to Popeyes. Uh, it's, well, it was a, they're pretty genius in their marketing. I'm just going to throw that out there. Somebody true. paid off their house with the chicken sandwich scheme. I'm just that saying. That's true. That's true. So here, I'll read the headline, and then we can sidebar as much as we want. Okay. Tennessee man, right? We're a lot closer uh, to R.I.P. Vol football. Oh, I know, right? 0-2. Sidebar, before we get to the headline, to get to a sidebar, I saw a meme that said... I think I saw this. Did you see this one? Ohio? No, no, no. Oh, okay. A guy was calling Pruitt's office, Coach Pruitt of the Vols. Oh, uh, okay. And he said, hey, Coach. And Coach is like, yeah, who is this? The guy's like, Owen. Coach is like, Owen who? It's like Owen two. <laughs> oh yeah, that's it. Owen. I thought it was like Ohio. Yeah, that's all yeah, that. That's Owen pretty two. good. Uh, we love you, Tennessee. Um, Jeremy Pruitt. At least you got enough off your original contract to pay off your house, unless right. you went all out and bought a uh, probably more than you can afford. That's right. And if you want to come back to Tuscaloosa, uh, land's affordable down here. So. It is. It is. Yeah. It's probably pretty affordable up there in Tennessee, though. Too. That's true. That's true. All right, here we go. Headline: Tennessee man sues Popeye's chicken over wasted time. Because they didn't have a chicken sandwich. Why is that not? That's it's again like not. It, it is shocking, but not surprising. I could totally see that happening. 
Yeah. This is it's what like we've come to. The solution of every single problem we have is to sue somebody. Yeah, everybody wants a lawsuit. And for some reason, they think that they will be successful. And I think this lawsuit was for five thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! So you know that's Jeez. not a that's not a ton, um, but still, the fact that you're willing to go to all that trouble and hire a lawyer, like how much money, you're going to get fifty cents out of the deal? Like, <laughs> I mean, lawyer yeah. fees are going to be yeah. So check this out. This is part of the problem that he had was apparently. At whatever Popeyes he was going to, there was some cook in the kitchen that was taking sandwiches as soon as they fried them and putting them back. Right, they weren't being sold at the restaurant. He was putting them on the blacklist of Craigslist. Oh wow! He was selling a sandwich for twenty-four bucks. That is awesome <laughs> and high, illegal and wrong. Highly illegal. We do not suggest that. That but. <laughs> that's. They're gonna make a movie someday about the Popeyes chicken sandwich. Uh, blacklister yeah what do you even like you call it blacklisted i guess that's theft right because he's just stealing the sandwiches and then selling oh yeah he's i mean you think he's putting that back in popeye's drawer i don't think so no no but anyway so this tennessee guy he orders a 24 dollar blacklisted sandwich and the dude is run out so he doesn't give him his sandwich for his 24 bucks wow so there you go Uh, i did go to popeye's the other day in order to get a chicken sandwich did you did you get one i didn't they were out oh so, you know where I went instead? Chicken filet. I didn't, because chicken filet is a long way away from Crystals. Popeyes. Crystals. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Don't even waste your time with Popeyes. No. Just go straight to Crystals. Yeah, it's right next door. So I hit Get up the some little crystal. square manna from heaven. <laughs> what? Okay, here, let's ask this question. When you go to Crystals, what do you get? Oh, easy. Four crystal cheese, ketchup only, sweet tea. I don't really like their fries, so they can keep that junk. Yeah, they're really not very good. They're usually soggy. They compete with uh, Burger King for the worst fast food fries, in my uh, yeah. opinion. Yeah, they're, they're pretty, pretty ter- They're terrible. Their fries are terrible. Yeah. I went three uh, cheese crystals, and I did one of their uh, chicks just to say I got a chicken sandwich. Okay. Some Sometimes crystal. I like to I like to keep it original and just get just a regular old crystal with mustard yeah. and a pickle. Yep. All right, story number three. All right. Ready for this? Yep. Florida man. Park smart car in kitchen so it won't blow away. Only in Florida, folks. <laughs> Somebody actually sent that to me based on our discussion about smart cars a couple weeks ago. That in Florida, I don't know where this was, uh, but somewhere in Florida, a dude literally drove his smart car up in the kitchen would so the love, hurricane wouldn't take it. How do you fit that through the door? Easy. Just drove it right <laughs> in, man. He had the, I guess, what do you call them? The French doors? Where you uh, have the two doors uh, okay, open? I'm thinking like just standard door. I'm like, I mean, do you... Did you go full Florida man and take a, a a chainsaw and like cut out another notch in your door to put it in there? Like, how did that work? That wouldn't be surprising. No. Uh, so yeah, and there was actually a picture of this, so that it showed the smart car in the kitchen. Wow, that's pretty good. What right. else we got? What else we got? Story number four. These okay. are pretty good. Like, I didn't even really have to search for these. I and this is all within the last week. Uh, last couple weeks, yeah. This is what news is today, people. Just think <laughs> true about stories, that. True stories. Uh, drunk woman's freaky sandwich goes viral after the subway staff takes a picture of it. What was it? You want to guess what was on it? There were three items from Subway on the sandwich. I'm kind of scared to guess. If you just All right. So you know what Subway offers in terms of items they put on their sandwich. Yep. What would you say are the three worst items to put three on a Subway sandwich? Three worst items. Hmm. Mayonnaise. Agreed. There's no condiments on this, by the way. Oh, no condiments. So, okay. Uh, that is an automatic win if it's mayonnaise. Olives is are disgusting. Okay. Uh, 
Do they have zucchini? Uh, they have cucumbers. They don't have zucchini. Yeah, cucumbers are gross too. Um, I would say I'd say olives. I don't really like jalapenos. So jalapenos and uh, I'm trying to think of something else that would be disgusting. What kind of meats do they have there? Oh, they've got turkey, roast beef, ham, uh, pepperoni, oh, chicken, oh, yep. meatballs. Pepperoni. That's just disgusting. <laughs> That's right. Pepperoni. Black olives. Olives. And jalapenos. And jalapenos. That'd be a pretty bad sandwich. Yeah. Uh, this lady, again, remember she's drunk. Okay. Right. So she comes in and orders a sandwich. It is only cucumbers, black olives, and cheese. That is so gross. <laughs> Does she at least get it toasted? Uh, it, it doesn't say. It wouldn't surprise me if no, she got it toasted. it doesn't say. I like my cucumbers toasted, please. <laughs> That's disgusting. Uh, so there you go. World's worst mm. Subway sandwich. That's, that's pretty terrible. Uh, you would need the, to be drunk to put that one down. Yeah. The story asked the question, which I believe is a good question, uh, will Subway name a sandwich after her? <laughs> what would it be called? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we should probably move on. That could get inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. Next. That, yep. <laughs> that is a good question to think about, though. Y'all think about what the sandwich would be called and let us know. Throw it in the comments on the social media. There you go. Facebook, Instagram, you know what to do. All right. Story number five, and this is actually not a weird story. This is actually a kind of cool story. Okay. Oh, yeah. World's largest Starbucks is opening in Chicago. Interesting. November the 15th at 10 a.m. Why specific detail? Uh, I don't know. But, you is know, this downtown Chicago? Downtown Chicago. On Chicago's Magnificent Mile. I don't know what that is. I have no idea either. I've never um, been to Chicago. Really? Yeah. We should go there. We'll take we that should. on our next trip. All right. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. The Fluent Grace team is going to Chicago. This is pretty much how we plan our vacations. It's right. usually at family gatherings. Yeah. And since we are gathered and we are family, that would count. Yep. Yeah. So, so. Uh, Heather, Carly, you heard it here first. That's right. Colin, uh, put it on your calendar since this is a Fluent Grace. Oh, wow. Uh, Colin's thing. getting the invite. Yeah, you should Colin's feel special, Colin. So. You, so special you can pay my way. <laughs> With all that cheese he's making. Uh, he's not making it yet. That's right. So. He's we'll have to school. wait till he graduates and then go. <laughs> so there you go, folks. There's your five stories, uh, which will lead us into our discussion for today. Now, here's the question. What do we do when sin is more attractive than Jesus? We order nasty Subway sandwiches. <laughs> That's what happens, man. Celebration. <laughs> That's what you do. What do you do when sin is more appealing than Jesus? <laughs> you go and you order a cucumber, black olive, and cheese sandwich from Subway, and you eat that bad boy. And then go vomit, because and, that's what sin is. That's it's right. straight vomit. That's right. It leads you to order disgusting... She probably got mayonnaise on it, too. Dude, that's that's a whole nother story. I had... No, we're not on this yep, right now. Yep. We're moving on. What are we talking about today, too? <laughs> so, uh, out of those five stories we talked about, or whatever, uh, one, two, three... Three out of the five have to do with some kind of sinful action that was chosen over Jesus. So, you know, that... Did you plan that? No, I didn't at all. I'm just sitting here, you know, we're talking back and forth, and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, hmm, you know, a bunch of uh, neighbors get together and light up barbecue grills outside of ladies... Out of spite. (laughs) Out of spite. Yeah, there you go. Uh, That's sinful, right? You've got a drunk woman who orders at Subway. Well, getting drunk is sinful. And then you've got the the dude at Popeye's who is stealing sandwiches and trying to make a buck. Yep. Also sinful. 
So anyway, if you don't believe in God's sovereign providence, I mean, there you go, folks. The fluent grace stories just proved it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, a lot of times sin is, in fact, more attractive than Jesus. And I, we want to talk about this both from a from the perspective of those who know Jesus, uh, from our perspective. And then also, I'd like us to try to think about this from the perspective of someone who doesn't know Jesus. So what would our response be if we don't know Jesus and sin is more attractive? Um, does that point us to Christ, or does that... Uh, encourage us to remain in our life of sin. Uh, from from somebody from a non-believer's perspective, yeah, um, let's start there. I would I would argue sin will always be more attractive unless the Spirit intervenes in your heart. There's there's nothing that we can do. There's nothing I can say. I mean, I can speak the gospel over you, but until the the Lord opens your eyes to see your sin. Um, and to draw you to repentance in His kindness, then you'll never, you'll never treasure Jesus more than sin, because your na- your disposition is to not. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So we're always before Christ. We are always going to choose sin, unless ten out of ten times. Yeah, one hundo, 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 hundred. What well, I, I was about to go hundo. Uh, is that a new word? Is that a real thing? You can say hundo means hundred. That is, you can go hundo p. It's hundred percent. Oh, I was about to say you, you know just that? started a new word. No, and that I didn't is start awesome. It. No, I, this is my first time to hear it. Yeah, I didn't start it. So anyway, hundred uh, percent before Jesus, you're always going to choose sin. Uh, in fact, everything you do, even if you're trying to do good, right, that's still sin because right. it's even not the good in things we do for our own glory, yeah. right? Yep, absolutely. Uh, and if Christ and His righteousness has not made the the great exchange as who said that somebody famous said that is that c.s lewis the great exchange yeah. is tied to luther luther all right we're going all the way back to luther himself 1517 <laughs> represent <laughs> so if, if that hasn't taken place then even the good stuff that we try to do uh we have we don't have christ living in us so all we have is sin so um it's done out of impure motives and and all kinds of other things that are not not right so um, before Christ, obviously our disposition is to sin. So let's think about this from the perspective of I, I, I know about Christ, and I think there's a part of me that wants to follow Christ, but there is some certain sin that I'm holding on to that's keeping me from wanting to fully pursue Christ. Does that change the, the game any or change our perspective? Or what do we do, right, if they want to follow Jesus and they want to... Uh, pursue him, but there's some sin that they're just holding on to that they realize that if, hey, if I'm going to confess Christ, I've got to give this sin up. There's like a, a real act, a practical level of holiness. Like you can be positionally righteous. Hold on, are we talking about, un- we're still talking about unbelievers. Yeah, we're still on the unbeliever. Okay. You yeah. wouldn't be positionally righteous. You'd be positionally unrighteous. You you talk a little talk a little bit about it, Tim. Let me, let me see where your brain's going and let me track with you. I want to just be sure I'm going down the right trail. So I'm going to put myself in the position of someone that doesn't know Jesus yet. Okay. okay? So uh, if I'm an unbeliever, um, I've been around believers my whole life. Uh, I've seen Jesus evident in their life. I've seen his love through them towards me. And I, I want to follow Jesus, right? So I've, I've seen who Jesus is in their life, and I want to now follow Jesus. However, I've got some sin 
that I know that if I truly turn and follow Christ, I'm going to have to give it up. Mm-hmm. So let's say, let's just use the example of this Popeye's guy. He's stealing sandwiches to make make a buck, right? Let's just say that um, theft is the sin that I'm holding on to. Yep. And I know that if I follow Jesus, I can't be stealing these sandwiches anymore, right? I've got to quit making that money. And let's say that money is, I was bringing in $2,000 a month because mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to give that up if I'm following Jesus. Yep. So what do I do at that point when that sin is more attractive than Christ? Give that bad boy up, baby. <laughs> I mean that's the thing, dude. Like we can, you know, I can talk about it all day, but like the, that's what the the spirit does in the life of a believer. It changes you. Like you don't meet Jesus and remain the same. You just don't. Yeah. Like something's gonna change. Does that mean you're you're not gonna you're not gonna have tendencies to want to steal and make money or 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 tick off your vegan neighbor or whatever? No. You're you're still gonna. Want, I still want to do those. Like. Like literally, I just said I would love to get fifty grills and burn those bad boys. You know, like that's that's that indwelling sin that we that we deal with until we're glorified. You know, and yep. until I'm in glory with with Christ Himself. And so, um, but the the reality is, in some form or fashion, you will change. You will have fruits of the Spirit evident, and and that's what I mean. That's where yeah. my brain keeps going back to. I don't know if that's the answer yep. you're looking for. Yep. Or So I, let's ask it this way. Which comes first, me turning from that sin in order to follow Jesus or following Jesus so I can turn from that sin? Say that again. So what comes first, me turning from my sin in order to follow Jesus or I follow Jesus and then that leads me to turning from my sin. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the latter, Tim. Absolutely. Actually, I want to take it before that. It starts with election, Tim. When you were chosen before the foundation of the world, we won't go there though. Yeah, go but, listen to uh, the episode on salvation and predestination and all that stuff. We should do a uh, doctrine series. This could be fun, but doctrine in a in a uh, in an understand like uh, what's, what how could we call it? I'm sorry, I'm doctrine 101. Yeah, doctrine or, for dummies. Doctrine for dummies. Yes, That'd be good. Taught by dummies. <laughs> that would be fun. Dude, we could have like a spin-off podcast, Doctrine for Dummies. That could be good. Yeah, we like 10 minutes every week. Here's your doctrinal yep. thought of the week. Hmm. We'll think about it. If y'all want to listen to that, hit us up, let us know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we don't know if we have time for that. But, right. you know. So anyway, the answer to that question is obviously you turn to Jesus first. Or you respond, let me put it this way, you respond to his leading in your life first, okay? You can't say that, okay, my sin is more attractive than Jesus, so I've got to give this up before I can be a child of God's. You'll never give it up. You won't, absolutely, because you have no capacity to do that. And even and even as a and as a believer, you still you still war with that. Like this is a Mm -hmm. this question. It could just be. It could be rephrased. How do I deal with the the lifelong war of seeing my sin more attractive than Jesus? Yep. Because it's yep. not like how do I fix this? It's it's an un. I don't want to. Say, I'm trying to word. I'm trying to be careful with my words. Um, but it, it it in a way you you can't conquer it in this life. You can war. You yes, we are called to war against it. There's mm-hmm. practical ways to war against it. Mm-hmm. But this is a lifelong battle. So. I say all that to say, if you think 
that until before I can follow Jesus, I have to get my stuff together. I have to have a perfect life. Then I, you don't understand the gospel. Yep, absolutely. And I think that's where we needed to get to in order to look at this from the perspective of someone who doesn't know Christ. You've got to get to that point, right? It it starts with Jesus and His work in our life, and then out of that is when there can even be the chance at having victory over sin. Before Christ, there's no chance. There's no hope. You're stuck in sin. Everything you do is sin. So uh, moving then into the position of someone who is a believer, Mm. uh, here's the reality. A lot of times, even as a believer, sin is still more attractive than Jesus. Absolutely. I I mean, it's it's the case. If anybody ever tells you that uh, as a follower of Christ— Every single thing you do, Christ is always going to be more attractive. I would question that. Yeah, for sure. You know? Absolutely. Now, deep down in your heart and soul, you recognize that. But just from a very practical day-to-day, hey, I'm just living out my life as a follower of Christ, there are a lot of times sin is going to be more attractive. And Paul even talks about this. For sure. Right? Romans chapter 7. Let me pull it up real quick, and I'll just read it. Uh, but in Romans 7, this is the, the well-known passage where Paul talks about... Keep, keep in mind who this is, Paul, who wrote 13 letters in the New Testament. Like Paul, the guy who like saw Jesus, you know, like saw him face to face. Think about who this is. Yeah, this isn't some like C-lister. That's right. If we're, uh, if we're ranking characters in Scripture... <laughs> That's right. Right, he's like A+. plus. For sure. I mean, this he's like dude... The, the Tom Cruise of Bible characters. <laughs> like like in heaven, like I really want to hang out with Jesus, and I want to spend a bajillion— I want to spend eternity just hanging out with Jesus, but like I really want to meet Paul, too. Like yeah. Paul's like—he's pretty awesome. Yeah, for sure. So this is the guy that says in Romans chapter 7, verses 13 through 25. I'm not going to read all that, but 13, um, he says this, Did that which is good then bring death to, be, to me? By no means. It was sin producing death in me through what is good, in order that sin might be shown to be sin, and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. Uh, If I skip down to verse 15, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. I mean, he says says it pretty plainly, right? He knows what he should be doing, and he doesn't do it. Paul himself does things that would would show us to to uh, believe that even in his life, there were times that sin was more attractive than Jesus. And so those were the things that he did. He didn't want to do them, right? In his heart of hearts and in his you know his soul and spirit, he knew that Jesus was better, but there were still times he chose that which was not good and which did not follow Christ. Right. And we're going to be in that very same position every single day. So So on a real practical level, so like what do we do with this? What do we like? How do we fight against this indwelling battle that takes place? And just continuing on in what you were just reading at the end of Romans seven, I was starting twenty one, finish it out. And so Paul says, "So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand, that indwelling sin." And so verse twenty two, for I delight in the law of God, practical step, mm-hmm. um, in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. And then listen to what Paul, he has a proper understanding of who he is. Wretched man that I am. So he knows that he he's in this war. Uh, who will deliver me from this body of death? 
and this is so good. Verse 25, and this is the hope for all, uh, all of us in this battle as believers. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Hmm. And so that's our hope, man. It's it's the dwelling on the the law of the Lord, the his word, his revelation to us. And and totally and it doesn't say, Thanks be to God that I can pull myself up by my, my sandal straps and get my stuff together. Like that's not what he says. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's our only hope, man. That's our only hope in this battle. Yeah, absolutely. And it you know, you've you've mentioned the word battle here a number of times, and that's exactly what it is. Uh, I don't know the reference to this, but there's a verse that talks about how, I think maybe in one of the Timothys, uh, where Paul is talking to Timothy, and he says that we are to fight the good fight of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just going to happen. Right. It's not just going to come naturally, even being in Christ, because there are uh, multiple, uh, I forget the word that it, it just used in the passage you read there, but, uh, you know, we've got the the desire that we have to follow Christ in war with the, the desire that we have and will always have to pursue sin. That's right. Because that's our reality. One of my favorite quotes of all time, and and I always picture, like when I picture this quote, I picture like, if you've seen Saving Private Ryan, the, the D-Day invasion scene, like the the American, the allies are, are coming up on the beach of Normandy with with the Nazis are shooting at them from bunkers with machine guns. And, and this, this is what I'm, so picture that in your mind. And John Owen says this, be killing sin or sin will be killing you. Hmm. And so I just like, th- that's what I constantly think about. Like, and not, not so much so in a battle scene to where like, it's where you're the hero. You're not the hero. You're never the hero. Okay. It's always Jesus Christ is the one who's going to go into the battle and conquer sin, conquer death. But does that does not mean it does not mean that you do not have a practical level of warring yourself, yeah. it's dependent on the Lord, but really practical warring against sin in real practical ways. So, yep. be killing sin, or sin will be killing you. So, I read a article from Psychology Today, which that's a secular publication, right? It's not from a Christian perspective at all. Um, but basically, what it was saying is is this. Uh, you do what you want to do. So sure. deep down, if my desire uh, is to follow Christ, then I'm going to do the things that will put me in a position to do that. So like as you were saying, um, a, a focusing on God's law and God's word and a um, determination to fight this battle, right? If that's what I'm wanting to do, then that's what I'm going to do doesn't mean I'm always going to be successful in it, but it means that that is my goal and desire. It means that I'm going to do the things like be in a relationship with folks around me who are going to help hold me accountable. It means that I am going to, uh, if there are certain areas of temptation that I always seem to struggle with, I'm going to make the practical choice to not put myself in those positions so that I don't get hit and fall into sin in those areas, right? We're going to do the things that we want to do. Uh, if, on the other hand, our desire is to sin, then it doesn't matter how many times we say that we want to follow Jesus, we're still going to sin, and we're still going to pursue that life. We do what we want to do. So I thought that was really interesting, uh, coming from a psychologist. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and not from a Christian perspective. So even the world at large doesn't care about Jesus, doesn't know Jesus. They recognize um, that whatever it is that we're doing and engaging in is because we want to do it. If we struggle with loving other people, it's probably because we don't really want to love them. Or if we struggle with not turning away from the sin of stealing Popeye's chicken because it makes us X amount of dollars every month, it's probably because we don't really want to do anything about it. Right. I mean, in, in sin, it 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 appeases our flesh like this what our flesh like it's like having a craving like I want I want a crystal burger you know like your flesh and its natural self craves that like mm-hmm. it wants that like yep. you, you just do and, and it's that indwelling war that takes place like as a believer yes you've been given a new heart with new desires but like Paul's saying you still have this war that is waging within you that that will it will one day be eradicated when you when you're with with the Lord in glory and your glorification. But but here in the now, in your sanct you're being sanctified, you're being molded into the image of Jesus. You have that war that's taking place. So I, I used to talk about sin, just a practical picture. It's like a um, it's like a chocolate covered grenade. You know, it looks so good. It looks tasty. It looks sin, sin is sexy. We we want it. We we desire it. But at the very core of what it is, this, man, it's going to blow up in our face, and it's going to and it's going to demolish us, and it's going to kill us. Like you never you never participate in sin and walk away feeling fulfilled long term. You know, like it, it just yeah. doesn't do that. It appeases the flesh for a moment, and then it's gone. I mean, it's it's the whole argument with pornography, right? Like you, you watch the pornography and you participate in the pornography and it appeases your flesh for a moment, but it do, it doesn't last, right? You always go back for more and for more and for more. And plug in, that's just an example. You plug in whatever you want. I mean, yep. sex, uh, power, uh, position, money, money. Yep. I mean, fame. whatever the fame, yep. whatever the idol is, it's never enough because it was never meant to fulfill. Sex is a gift. Uh, uh, influence is a gift. All these things, money is a gift. All these things are gifts, but they were never meant to be gods. And mm. so it's we we confuse the the creature with the creator, and 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 we worship the creature instead of the creator. And so that's where the the breakdown happens. Yep. Um, it looks good and it tastes good because God meant for it to be good, but our hearts turn it into something deadly. Yep. And this is what Paul says about it. This is the uh, passage that I was looking for earlier. Uh, in First Timothy chapter six, he's talking to Timothy. Uh, says, "But as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses." Um, Paul's encouraging Timothy here: uh, fight the battle, fight the fight, do what you need to do uh, to pursue the things of God. Uh, flee the things that are going to take you away from him and pursue the things that will bring you close to him. Uh, then he says, if you flip over to 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, is this something that we can do in and of ourselves? Is this something that we can um, feel good about um, being successful at? No, not at all, because a lot of times we are going to still screw it up. Uh, we're not going to get it right. We are going to fall into sin. But how we respond to that as followers of Christ, that's what's important. 
Um, and being aware, you know. Yeah, absolutely. The person that's not in Christ will never get to a place of repentance. They'll just sin and keep on sinning. Until it slowly chokes them out. Yes. Second Timothy chapter 2 uh, verse 13, this is one of my first, one of the first verses I remember uh, memorizing is one of my, f- the first verses that I ever remember saying, hey, that's my favorite verse. It says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. We're going to be faithless a lot of times. And there are going to be a lot of times where sin is in fact more attractive and that we will in, uh, in reality pursue that sin over Jesus. But we need to always remember that for those in Christ, uh, he is faithful, and He will lead us uh, to a place of repentance, and that's what we need to be pursuing. We need to pers- be pursuing these things that will please Him, honor Him. First Corinthians ten thirty one. Uh, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Do these things that would glorify Him in our life. Right. I mean, it, it, and I mean, Romans is so good. And just remind yourself of the gospel as believers. I mean, Romans chapter eight. For the believer, it begins with no condemnation and it ends with no separation. Romans eight one, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Romans eight, is it twenty eight? I don't even know what verse it is. It's at the the end of chapter eight. Is neither height nor depth nor prince nor power nor anything in all creation can separate us from Christ our Lord. And so it's just good to remind ourselves that. Even though we, we, we do have this battle and this war taking place, that if you are in Christ and you're, and I hope, I hope y'all have not heard us say, you know, you got to get your life in order, get it together, you go live your moral, your best moral life now. That is not what we're saying. We are saying you need to live a life completely dependent upon the Lord because that's the only way um, that, that you'll ever glorify Him and that you'll, and that the Father will see you as, his kid and delight in you as a friend. And so you have to remember it's always dependent on the person work of Christ and Christ alone. Yep. The absolute reality is that we can't handle it in no way, shape, or form. Uh, but Christ can and Christ did. And that's why he came to die for us. And that's the gospel. Yep. So John it's John chapter fifteen. Uh, John fifteen verse four. This is Jesus talking. Abide in me and I will abide in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I mean, he couldn't be more clear there, man. You yep. will never, nothing ever, you will never be able to uh, to see me more attractive until you abide in me, and I abide in you. It won't take place. Yep. There you go. So as we close out today, uh, again, Colin's not with us, so we're not going to, not going to have a world record edition uh, oh, wow. for this week. Sad day, Colin. Yeah. Come back. That's right. I'm not even going to make one up today. So, But I would leave us with this question. Uh, what is your deepest longing or desire? Because whatever that deepest longing or desire is, that's going to be what we pursue. So I would encourage us, everybody who's listening to this, uh, I would encourage us who are sitting here talking behind the microphones, make Christ your deepest desire and have him be your greatest longing. And then when sin is more attractive, we can always be led to a place of repentance and turning to Christ because he is uh, worth it. Yep. And and he's and he's good. His kindness is what lead us leads us to repentance. It's yep. his grace and his kindness. And that's just good news, man. So so if you are a a repentant believer listening to this, know that it was God's gracious kindness that led you to where you are, to where he loves you as a 
kid and delights in you as a friend. That's just good news. Yep, absolutely. So that's it. That's episode 22. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up for today. Uh, Check back with us next week for episode 23. Uh, I've got an idea for a new segment that I think we're going to try. I'm going to go ahead and tease it right now. Tell me what you think about this. All right. I want to have somebody on the show. I've got somebody in mind right now. Okay. That is going to argue something that is completely preposterous. Okay. And then we're going to interact with them on that. So, for example, they're going to come in and argue that birds are not real. I might, lo- I might lose my mind on you're going. There's going to be a lot of editing. <laughs> so come back. Check us out. Uh, episode number 23. Uh, we may or may not have somebody on here who is trying to convince us that birds aren't real. And we will roast them. Absolutely, we will roast them. So come back. In love. <laughs> Oh, for sure. I can't. I'm already excited about it. So, it. yep. Friday, we'll record. Next week, you'll get to hear it. So, that's it. We're out for today. Go check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Do all those things. Uh, send us a question, Fluent Grace Podcast at gmail.com, and we will jump on those questions as soon as we can. Gooses. Latest.